0: And may you please open your Bibles to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 15. And we're going to read from verse 35 through to verse 41. Acts chapter 15. We're going to read from verse 35 through to verse 41. We want to welcome you to the church this morning. God is good. Amen. God is so good. I hope you had a good week. I hope you had a blessed week. Amen, that it's good to be able to start the week in church, worshiping our Lord Jesus. Amen? Praise God. Acts chapter 15, verse 35 to verse 41. I just want to share for a few minutes out of these verses here, and I pray that today you will be blessed by the word of God. Amen? As Erica mentioned before, next Sunday we have our 11-year anniversary, and we have a guest speaker, Pastor David Max will be preaching, and it's going to be a blessed... Sunday for us as a church. Amen. Okay, let's start reading from verse 35, Acts chapter 15. It says, Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others. And some days after, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go again and visit the brothers in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're going. And Barnabas determined to take with him John whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought it was not good to take him with them who departed from them in Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them, the contention between Paul and Barnabas was so sharp, the disagreement, that they departed from each other, one from another, and Barnabas took John Mark, and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. Can you say amen to that word this morning? Powerful powerful couple of verses there. Uh, Especially look at verse 38. It says, but Paul thought it was not good to take John Mark with them, why? Because he departed from them in Pamphylia and he did not go with them to the work. And so Paul, Paul said, I don't want to take John Mark with us to this second missionary trip because on the first missionary trip, halfway through, he decided to, to leave us and go back home. And we're going to read that verse that shows us that. Powerful passage of scriptures which has intrigued me. For, for a long time, I have read these verses and and there's, there's much there, and there's so much teaching there, there's so much you can get out of it with regards to how to live the faith life. And, but I think that these few verses has to do with this, this man, he was a young man, his name was John Mark. John Mark was a young man, he was the son of a wealthy woman, widow woman, who lived in Jerusalem, and... In, in this chapter, we, we have a powerhouse, Paul, and Barnabas. But I think that this chapter, as I said before, has to do with John Mark, with his journey. John Mark's journey, this young man's journey, whom Paul, at this time in his life, decided to correct him, decided to say to him, you're not going to go with us on this second missionary trip, Learned a great lesson, and the story of John Mark is our story. It's the story of every believer that's on a journey with God. Amen? Whom God takes and, and God on a journey, He begins to disciple us. He begins to train us. He, he, begins to, he challenges us. Amen? He matures us. And He takes us finally to where He wants us to go. At the end of At the end of his life, this man by the name of John Mark, according to early church history, was the first bishop of Alexandria in Egypt, amen, and he was the first person to establish Christianity in Africa. At the end of his life, and and many church historians or scholars tell us that he also was martyred for the cause of Christ. That's how he finished But here we we see this young man at a crossroads in his life, being confronted by Paul. No, I don't want to take him with us. And, And his Barnabas, who was his cousin, taking him under his wings and taking him to a city and begin to teach him, begin to disciple him, begin to train him, and begin to get him ready for what God had for him. So sandwiched between Paul and Barnabas is John Mark. Amen. Now if we go if we go to the book of Acts just go back a little bit there to Acts chapter 13 you see where this happened you know Paul we see Paul a little bit ticked off we see Paul a little bit upset with this, with John Mark we see him we see him a little bit annoyed with what he did to them departing from them halfway through the journey and we read it here in Acts 13 verse 13 look what it says now, when Paul and his company, Barnabas and John Mark included, when they l- left to go to Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John Mark, this young man, departing from them, returned back to Jerusalem. Amen? So, they're halfway through on this missionary journey, and, and all, all teaching from Bible scholars revealed to us that the... The missionary journey that Paul was on was not easy. It was hard. Do you remember Paul would go into a city and he would turn that city upside down. Paul was a man that wherever he went, trouble followed. I mean, not, not, he wasn't a troublemaker, but he caused trouble. He caused trouble to the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. There was always opposition wherever he went. And so you can imagine this young man, John Mark, who was the one actually that they believe wrote the book of Mark. He was a young man, mummy's boy, wealthy, living in a, in, a, in, a, in a big house there in Jerusalem. He, he wants to get involved in the ministry. He wants to get involved in some work for God. So he says to Paul and, and through Barnabas, who was his cousin, can I, go on, can I go on this missionary trip? Can I go? I want, I want, to, I want to see how Paul... Uh, functions in the anointing. I want to see how Paul preaches. I want to see see how Paul ministers in a city. Can I go along and can I help and can I serve in some way? Because I believe that God has something on my life. Because I believe there's something inside of me that God has put in there. I have a heart to serve God. I have a heart to preach the gospel. I have a heart for the nations. So can I go on this trip? And so Paul says, come on, let's go. When he, when he goes into the, into a city, when he goes into a into a territory, he begins to see, man, this is this is heavy stuff. Paul's getting stoned, amen. Paul is being beaten. Paul is being put into prison, and the spiritual warfare, the intensity of the spiritual warfare, was of a high degree, of a high level, amen. And so. So you can imagine John Mark's eyes opening wide and, and thinking, I, I, never, I never signed up for this. I never signed up for this opposition. I never signed, I, th- I thought the ministry was gonna be easy. I thought serving God was about just seeing miracles and seeing wonders and the miraculous. I, I, I didn't sign up for this side of the Christian life. I didn't sign up for this side of the, of the ministry where, where there is opposition where there's beatings, where there's persecution, amen, where there might be hunger and, and where, where, where there might be sickness. Bad bad things happen. And so here in this verse, Paul says, okay, we're going to go to the next city because this was his first missionary trip. And if you look at the back of your Bible, many Bibles have a map and they'll show you, they'll outline the, his missionary trips. And these guys, they weren't, they weren't driving around in cars, they were, they, were, they were walking and they were uh, traveling on, on mules and, and uh, it was heavy, heavy. It was heavy. It was long. It was a long time. And so Paul says, okay, we're going to go now to the next city. And John Mark says, hey, no, no way, I'm going back home. I'm going back home. I, I don't want, I don't, I've had enough. I don't want to see any more of this. This is not what I signed up for. I'm going to go back to Jerusalem. I'm going to go back to mummy. I'm going to go back to luxury. Amen. I'm going to go back to my comfort zone. See, many of us want to do things for God. We want to go places with God. We want God to use us. But we think that in order for God to use us, everything has has to be rosy, has to be has to be all worked out, has to be easy. And beloved, I want to tell you this morning that if you believe that God has called you, if God is going to take you places, He's going to take you through seasons where it's not going to be easy. He's going to put you into situations on purpose, not to hurt you, but to help you. Amen. And, and, and if you believe on the inside of you that there's greatness, that there's gifts and there's talents and there's, there's anointings and, and, and there's promises that God's put in you, beloved, God puts us in seasons and he puts us in, in a place of pressure to draw out of us what is in us. There are things that are in us that will not be drawn out of us in comfort, They will be drawn out of us in the midst of sometimes trials, tribulations, persecutions. Amen. It's amazing that you find out what what is in you when you're put to the test. When the heat is on, you find out what is in you. When you squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out of it. um, We find out what is in us when we are squeezed. Amen. But in this part, at this stage, at this stage of John Mark's life, he wasn't ready, but he was still called. God still had his hand on him. God still still had a purpose for his life, but he's on a journey. See, there are things that you might not be able to do now that you will do later Mm. if you stick with the process. Amen. Amen. And so, so John Mark says, Paul, I'm going back home. And he says that, and he went back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where he lived. Jerusalem is where his mother was. And do you know what Jerusalem means? Who knows what Jerusalem means? The word Jerusalem. It literally means, anyone know? Jerusalem. It means city of peace. So that's a, there's, a, there's a teaching there. He went back to peace. He went back to the city of peace. <laughs> Let's just calm down. He went back to safety. He went back to peace. No, no warfare, no battles, no, no persecution, no jails. I'm going back to peace. You know, And, I, and, and that's, that's how many of us are in our walk with God. We want to serve Jesus. We want to be committed. And, and, and then, then we, we get in the middle of, of, a, of our Christian walk with God and we find out, man, this is not easy. This is, there's a battle here and, and, and we want to go back to peace. We want to we go back to a place of comfort and yet it's, it's, it's out of that comfort that God is making us. It's out of that comfort that God is developing us. It's out of that comfort that God is stretching us. It's out of that comfort that you're realizing that God can move in different ways, that God can provide for you in different ways. It's out of that comfort zone where you need to depend in God. In Jerusalem, mummies there, there's wealth and there's a house, and you don't need to believe God for provision. In Jerusalem, the Christians were not being persecuted in Jerusalem. He went back to peace. And many Christians want to go to peace. They don't want to do things for God. They'll do things for God as long as it doesn't cost us anything. And the moment it costs, we say,, yeah, I'm going back to Jerusalem, see you later. So many people in our ministry with my wife, Pastor, we're here. We're here for the long run. We're here. And we're just starting out. And, and we're going to put the elbow in. We're going to put our shoulder into this. And, and you can count on us. And, and we're here because they could see an anointing on my life. They could see an anointing on our life. They wanted to be around the anointing. They wanted to be around the, 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 the man or the woman of God. And they want to get around that preaching. And the, they, they, they want to be around that, they think, platform. But then when you, go in, when you go on this journey and you realize, my, this is, this, is, this is hard yakka. This is having to put out the chairs and having to pack up the chairs. This is having to put up the, the instruments and having to pack up the instruments. This is having to clean the floor. This, this is having to, to face opposition and persecution. And, and many say, so I, I, I didn't sign up for this. I want I wanted, I wanted a platform. I wanted miracles. I wanted signs and wonders. I wanted recognition. I didn't wanna be dragged on the floor by the enemies. I didn't want demons manifesting, demons manifesting. Yeah? So I'm going back to Jerusalem. How many of you, you, you came to Jesus and you thought, I come to Jesus, I come to church, I come to God, and everything's gonna be all right. And you realize the first two weeks after you came to Jesus, all hell break loose. Anybody been there? It's like, okay, this doesn't make sense. My life's a mess. My life is, uh, is in turmoil. I come to Jesus, and, I'm in, and there's turmoil. There's more, more turmoil. There seems to be more problems now. And you go, you know what? i, I I'll go back. I'm going to go back to my comfort zone. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop this following hard after Jesus. Do you notice when you say, I'm going to start giving more now? I'm going to start giving more. I'm going to start giving more. It's in that week that bills come. It's in that week that maybe the boss says, you know what, we've got to lay you off. It's in that week. And then you say, I'm going back to Jerusalem. I'm not going to give. Do you notice when you say, I'm gonna gonna serve God in the church now. I'm gonna go to church every Sunday, not just some Sundays. I'm gonna tell them, I'm gonna serve in whatever ministry of the church I can serve in. I'm I'm gonna get there early. I'm gonna do what I gotta do to help. And do you notice that all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. Problems happen. Sickness comes. The baby cried all night Saturday. You had to wake up early to get to church. There's little, little things happening in the marriage that never happened before. And you say, that's strange. I thought, I thought by putting my hand up to serve God more, that there would be no problems. And the moment I put my, raise my hands to serve God more, there are more problems than ever. And many come and say, pastor, I'm going back to Jerusalem. I don't want to serve anymore. Take me off the list. I just want a comfortable Christianity. I want the prosperity. I want the I want the lights and the show. I want the overflow. That's the part of Christianity that I like. I want your encouragement. Amen. But God's taking us somewhere, church. God's taking you somewhere. He loves you. Well, some people, some of you believe that he loves you. Amen. He loves you. He, when when if he puts us into a situation that's hard, it's not to hurt us, it's to help us. Because he's making us, he's pulling out of us who we are. He's pulling out of us greatness. He's pulling, pulling out of us our purpose. And you go, wow, I never knew I had that level of faith. I never knew I had that level of stamina. I never knew I had that that, that intensity of prayer. I never knew that was in me. It was in you. It came out of you on the journey in unfavorable circumstances. Amen. Amen. So John Mark says, I'm out of here. See you later. And you can imagine Paul going, who does he think he is? Imagine the apostle Paul was rough. And you can imagine Paul saying, "Why is this guy leaving us? Now? He's leaving us halfway through this journey. He, we counted on him. We counted on his presence. We counted on his help financially. We counted on his help in his help to serve and to go and to do to do, go and get the errands." Because. The scholars tell us he wasn't there to really cast out demons. He was there to detail and to to write and to like a a, a diary of what was going on in the ministry. He was there to say, go and get the water. He was the one that was serving. He maybe didn't like that. Maybe he got sick. And well, you can't serve God when you're sick. Maybe he got homesick. Amen. And Paul says, I don't like that. And it just registered in the back of his mind. John Mark. John Mark. And if you read the following chapters, amen? If you read the following chapters, Paul goes and plants churches with Barnabas, and they are beaten, they are persecuted, they suffer, they're put in prison. But this is the amazing thing churches are planted. Hallelujah, churches are planted, hard work. Paul planting churches. John Mark's in Jerusalem having grapes, eating grapes, having lattes, while the brethren are there doing the hard yakka, the hard work, plowing the ground where Christ had never been preached. That's where Paul went. And they're, they're being put in prison. They're, they're being opposed. And John Marks is in Jerusalem, with his servants coming to bring him food. And one day I'm gonna preach the gospel to the nations. So we go to, so we go to where, where we read at the beginning, Acts chapter 15, and now months have gone by, months have gone by after that first missionary trip. And the apostle Paul says to Barnabas, and John Mark's the hanging around, he's not there with them, but he's hanging around because he's he's Barnabas' cousin. And the apostle Paul says says to Barnabas, listen to this, let us go back to the churches that we planted on the first missionary trip, and let's see how they're doing. Let's see how they're going. He has a pastor's heart. Let's see how their their faith is growing. Let's see how the pastors are preaching. Let's see how they've set up the structures. Let's, Let's just go back to those churches that we planted, you and me, and let's see how they're doing. Let's see how they're going. That was gonna be the second missionary trip. Barnabas says to Paul, he says to Paul in verse 37, Barnabas determined to take with them John Mark. So listen to this. So Paul, Barnabas says to Paul, hey, Paul, yeah, great idea. I'm, I'm ready, but I want to take John Mark with us. And Paul goes, mm, which which John Mark? Which John Mark is that? And Paul remembered. And he says here, Verse thirty-eight. Look at Acts fifteen thirty-eight. Are you with me, church? I'm just laying up a little thing, a little foundation here. Look, Acts chapter fifteen, verse thirty-eight. But Paul thought it was not good to take him with them who departed from them. We just read it. He departed from them and went not. Now, don't miss these words. And went not with them to the work. To the work. Paul thought it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea to bring John Mark with us. Why? Because he departed from us and he did not go to the work. Meaning this, he just wants to go now because there's no work to be done. He wants to go now and reap the harvest that we sowed. He wants to enjoy the blessings of churches already planted with hard work. He just wants to have fun and enjoy the overflow and the harvest of what took us so much work. And Paul said, that's not good enough. He's not coming. He's not coming. Can you imagine imagine John Mark going? (laughs) And Barnabas is saying, come on, let's bring him along. Let's bring him along. He's going to help us. Really? Don't you remember what he did a year ago? Halfway through, I was sick. I was hurting. My back had been plowed open. And in the middle, when we needed him most, he left us. Are you getting this, church? I could preach on this. Like I said, this has intrigued me for years. I've never preached on these verses. And the Lord has shown me so much. And I thank him for teaching me these things because there are some people that don't want to do the work, Mm -hmm. but they want to live off the blessing of that work. Mm -hmm. We live in an entitled generation. Doesn't want to work. They don't want to sew. They don't want to do the hard yakka, but then they want the glory. Then they want the platform. Then they want to be visible. Then they want God to bless them. But they don't want to do the work. Are we here, church? And so there was this... It's interesting here that the Bible says that there was a contention between Paul and Barnabas, these friends. Barnabas was the one that took Paul to Jerusalem when when the, the disciples said, Paul, Saul... We don't want him here. He persecutes the church and Barnabas took him and he put his face in front and said, no, 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 he's okay. He really had an experience with God. He's not here to kill you. He's called to preach. Barnabas was close. Barnabas was a a blessing to Paul. And now Paul and Barnabas are having a contention as, as a result of this desire that Barnabas had to take John Mark with them. And Paul was saying, no, I don't think it's a good idea. Do you know that sometimes God, listen to this church, I I wanted to show you some things this morning, Uh, let this sink into your spirit, because this is the journey of every Christian. This is the journey of every believer. Do you know that sometimes God says, I don't think it's a good idea? Do you know that sometimes we want to do things, we believe we're ready, and God says in heaven, I don't think it's a good idea? I don't think it's a good idea because one year ago you departed, you stopped doing that properly. So I don't think it's a good idea. You want to do it and, and you're going to do it but not now. Are you getting this? God sometimes says it's not, a, it's, it's not a good idea. He's not saying you're not ready. He's not saying it won't happen. He's not saying you're not called and you're not anointed. He's just saying it. It's not a good idea for you to do that now because if one year ago you left me halfway through and, and, and as a result of what was going on, we're getting ready to go into some more warfare because if you keep reading later on, there in chapter 17 is when Paul and Silas were put into jail. The one that Paul took with him, them two, which would have been John Mark, were beaten half dead and they were put into the jail for the cause of Christ. Yes, there was revival that came out of that, but that was a crucial moment in the ministry of Paul as with regards to being opposition. Yeah. Paul knew where he was going and he knew that John Mark was not ready yet. Yeah. So God sometimes says to us, it's not good. I don't think it's a good idea that you take that yet. Yeah. I don't think it's a good, good idea that you are promoted yet. I don't think it's a good idea, idea that you preach yet. I don't, I don't think it's a good idea that you, got, that you do that yet. Yes, you're called. Yes, you're anointed. But now is not the time. You've got to go on a journey of discipleship, of training, of perfecting, of maturing. Yeah. Amen. Because I want to take out of you what is in you so that one day you will be the bishop in Egypt. You will take the gospel to Africa and you will even die for the cause of Christ. Wow. Amen. wow. What's on the inside of you, man? What's on the inside of you, my sister? Greatness, purpose. But don't be put off when God says, I don't think it's a good idea yet. And He does it through men, He does it through free men. He might do it through the pastor. The pastor says, I don't think so, not yet. (laughs) I'm leaving this church because the pastor thinks it's not a good idea yet. Pastor didn't say you're not called, Pastor didn't say you're not anointed. I don't think it's good because I saw I saw how you acted one year ago. I saw how you, how you acted six months ago with the little. You want the big? Well, I've got to see. Hello? Now listen to this. Listen to this church. I'm, there's so much here, I'm just throwing things at you. I, 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 you guys are very intelligent, and you're very intelligent. You can get I'm just throwing things all over the place. So Paul says to Barnabas, he's not coming. And and Barnabas going, please come on, let's give him a go. No, I don't forget. I don't forget what he did. So Paul was hard. Paul was harsh. Barnabas took John Mark under his wing. Listen to this, and and they went to Cyprus. And they and the contention that the Bible says contention, the word is disagreement. Paul and Barnabas had a disagreement was so great that Paul says, I'm not going with you. You're not coming with me. If John Mark comes, I'm not, I'm not going. Hard. So Paul, this is, okay, I'm getting out to this. Paul, this is the journey. This was a crucial moment in John Mark's life. He is sandwiched between Paul and Barnabas. Paul represents correction. Correction, Uh, challenge, confrontation, correction. Barnabas, his name literally means, Barnabas literally means son of encouragement. Another version says consolation. Barnabas was an encourager. Paul was one that brought correction. Paul said, no, you're not coming with me yet. I don't think it's a good idea yet. You need a lot of work yet. You're a, you're a mummy's boy now. You don't like hard work. You don't like hard yakka. You don't like to get down nitty gritty. You're not ready to go to, to, to Macedonia. You, you, no, 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 you are not ready, my boy. Correction, Barnabas, encourager. Here's the teaching, we, we need both on the journey for God to pull it out of us, for God to make us, and for God to... And there's a verse that I can't wait to read. I can't wait to read. As a preacher, it's so hard to control ourselves sometimes. I don't want to get to the end before I I get to this part here, but there's a verse that you're going to see that John Mark made it. He made it. The teaching is, beloved, we need correction... And we need encouragement. Yeah. There's a time to be corrected and there's a time to be encouraged. Yes. This was the moment where Barnabas received, correct. Uh, uh, John Mark received correction by Paul, mm-hmm. but he also received a season of encouragement by Barnabas. Mm-hmm. Barnabas took him under his wing and took him to Cyprus, where Barnabas was from, and some some scholars say that the word Cyprus, and I looked at some other meanings, but one of of the meanings someone wrote, one of the scholars, scholars, we gotta trust what they say, said that Cyprus means to flourish, to blossom. So if we look at the teaching, Barnabas took John Mark to Cyprus, and it was in Cyprus that John Mark blossomed. John Mark developed. John Mark began to flourish where he came under the ministry of Barnabas. He received correction, but you cannot leave him in correction. Yeah. He needs encouragement. And in, and in Cyprus, Barnabas began to encourage John Mark for two years. And then we're gonna read a verse at the end here that's gonna show you that he made it. But this is what I want to tell you this morning, beloved church. You and I, if we're going to go places with God, we need correction and we need encouragement. We need both. Most people just want the encouragement. I've grown up in church. I've been in the ministry for a long time. And I've come to the conclusion in the church, people just want your encouragement. They don't want your correction. Most people want and they love your encouragement, but they don't want your correction. Those that are in a position of authority and leadership understand that there are people that are under you that want your direction, but not your correction. Amen? There are people that love your encouragement. And we need to be encouraged. We need encouragement. But sometimes we need correction. And the correction is where the real test of maturity is. The real test of growth is. Amen. This concept is true with God. God corrects us and God encourages us. Can you say amen, church? because God knows where he's taking us. The word word correction, listen to this. The word correction means to cause, to improve, to reform, to reproof, to set or mark something true, to remove the errors or the faults from something. Correction To point out or mark the errors in a thing. For example, the the teacher corrects an exam paper. They correct it. Is that correction to hurt you? Or is that correction to help you? That correction is to help you. God corrects those whom he loves. Can you say amen? Amen. The word encourage, to encourage is to inspire with, with courage to give us a spirit of confidence. Encourage is to stimulate by assistance, by approval. Amen. To make someone strong. Encourage to cause to make a person courageous. Encourage to cause and someone to be courageous. We need both in our lives. God knows, God knows what he's deposited on the inside of us. But I think that many have missed it in the ways of God. I think that many have blown their potential and have blown their, their, their calling and their, their purpose of why God has them on this earth or why God has them in a particular, in a particular church or in a particular environment because they they only wanted the encouragement. They did not want the correction. Amen. And if we're going to go places with God, we're going to have to be good at receiving the encouragements of God, and we're going to have to be good at receiving the corrections of God. Can you say Amen, Church? Amen. I don't know how many people have got offended, have got bitter through a moment of correction. John Mark, amazingly enough, he did not get bitter or offended with Paul. We're gonna see it later on. He understood that this correction was for his good. This correction was there to help him, to help him to improve. Amen. God will place some people in your world. God will place some people in your inner circle God will place a pastor, a spiritual leader, before you, whom God will use not to only encourage you, but to correct you. To correct you, and, and correction is not a bad thing to the child of God, because we, we think of correction as getting in trouble. In the eyes of God, correction is about improvement. What coach? What coach does not correct his players? Amen. What coach does not correct his players for their good? Is he correcting that player? Is he correcting that individual to to put him down? Or that he would stop playing? No, he's correcting him because the coach can see the potential that he has. The coach can see the talent that he has. Amen. And now, and now he needs to be corrected. He needs to be instructed. He needs the instructions of the coach. He needs the correction of the coach. He needs the discipline of the coach. Amen. 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 I've been around sports and I've, I've, I, I, when I played in a certain higher level than just normal club level in soccer, I, <laughs> the, the level of the coaching changed. I mean when I I played, I went to the state titles here in, in Queensland for soccer. And and the and the coach that I had in that level of in that arena was a different coach that I had when I was playing club here. Just club. The, the coach was he, he was not too much interested in encouraging me. He was about correcting. I mean, one day I was running. He was doing training. I I didn't like training because I'm a little bit lazy. I didn't like training. I like to play. I like playing. And even when I'm playing, I don't run too much. I let let the ball do the running, you know? And you can't really go to high levels with that kind of an attitude. But I tried. I tried. But then I realized the level of training for the state state titles was a different level of training just for club football. And the coach was like, he's angry. The coach sounds like he's angry than me. He's angry. I, I, was, he was, I was running. I was running. And he kept keep running because he was a triathlete, soccer player. Mm-hmm. And so he was. He, I'm thinking he's giving us triathlon training, not soccer training. Here, we were running and running and running. And in one in one moment, I stopped because I was about to I was about to vomit. And he goes, stop! Don't don't you stop? And he starts saying, you see see? And he starts talking like that. You know, you are you, you, not cut out for this. You're gonna st- you're gonna start vom- you're gonna stop and start vomiting now. Come on, keep running. So thank you for your encouragement, sir. Yeah. <laughs> keep running, and if you don't keep running, you're not cut out for this team. Wow! I saw the coach say, "You don't come back again," and don't come back again. No, not, I mean, I'm not saying you don't come back to this church again. <laughs> He's looking at his friend, going, <laughs> "I coaches said to players." You, we don't need you anymore. We've seen enough. Gone. And you, if you want to be part of this team, I want to see more of this, more of that. Wow. But we come to church. We come to the ways of God. And we want God just to always just encourage us. We don't want the correction. Amen. I remember once on the soccer field, I did a play. And I thought, what? Whoa, that was good. My, how did I do that? And the coach blew the whistle. I said, stop. You, don't do that again. <laughs> he said, and he taught me a lesson, actually. Uh, for those of you that know soccer, I was like, I was, there was, the outline was there, and I was facing that way, very close to the outline, and I was surrounded by players. And this was, again, this was a guy from the, from the Queensland, the Academy of Sport was there coaching, watching us, and I was surrounded by players, and the sideline was very close, so there was a lot of space that way. And I'm surrounded by players, and I do and I do this, and I'm thinking, and I got the ball, and I'm thinking, and I do this, and I flick the ball like that over, and the ball went over the players and went to one of my players, and he went off. And I thought, whoa, how did I do that? And the, go, and, the and the coach goes, stop. And said so when he said stop, you all have to stop where you we were. So he came and he goes, that was a good play. You're showing off your skills there." He goes, but that was the wrong play. He goes, you don't, I'll, I'll teach you something. And he actually taught me something that I, I used later on when I was on the field. He's something so simple. Get this, Sammy, tell your coach at, at their Logan Metro. Something so simple. You see something we want to show off like that? And he goes, he, goes, he goes, you did something wrong there. I'm going to show you. And he goes, put the ball back there. And he did this. He goes, open up, look that way. And he goes, and, the, and, I, and he did that. And over there, there was about three or four of my players. He goes, instead of doing that, you open up the field and you pass it that way. And then all of a sudden, now you're, you're, you're attacking. As opposed to trying to do something tricky and it doesn't work. That was a fluke, he said. That was a fluke. <laughs> you open up the field. And then on the field, I remember, I still remember to this day, I actually did that. I, I put that into practice. When I would find myself in a position like this, I would go like that. And man, it opens you up. It opens the field up completely and boom, you pass it and then you're on attack. So imagine that day, I go, who does he think he is? Telling me I've got to do it differently. I'm going to play for Barcelona. Doesn't he know who I am? No, no He's the coach. Yeah. He's not saying that to hurt me. He's not doing, he embarrassed me in front of everyone. No, 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 he knows. Now I don't want to say this too loud, but he knew that I could play. But he was just trying to give me another insight into soccer. And I took it on board. Amen. He knew where I was going. God knows where you're going. And sometimes he'll bring someone beside you to correct you. And to say, brother, say, brother, brother, I see what you're doing. It's good. It's good. But not do it this way. Or, oh, 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 brother, what, 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 you know, if you're, if you're part of that department, brother, why, why, are you, why are you coming 10 minutes late, brother? Why? Is everything okay? Oh, that's, I'm not going back to that church. The pastor told me, why am I coming 10 minutes late? That's it. We didn't take the correction, it was just to help us. But there are pastors scared, stiff, I can't say nothing. Because the people will get up. Instead of saying, come on, that's to help me, that's, I'm going to benefit from that. Amen. You correct your children. You correct your children and you encourage your children. You correct and you encourage. A child that's just encouraged all the time, encourage, 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 never received correction, is a child that will become, he thinks he's the center of the universe. Spoiled. But you correct. Amen. So we need the correction of God and we need the encouragement of God. I don't hear too many amens this morning. Hallelujah. This is why in the church, the church is failing today. The church, the body of Christ. Because this is what i mean, and I read and I, and I talk to other pastors. And we talk, among pastors, we talk the same thing. We know what's going on. There is a, there is a passivity in the body of Christ. There is a calmness in the body of Christ. There is a, a sense of, of apathy in the church. No one wants to get down and dirty. No one wants to do the hard yakka. No one wants to, to plow the ground. But everyone wants the blessing. Everyone wants the stardom, everyone wants the platform, but no one wants to do the work. No one wants to plow the ground. No one wants to wake up early. No one wants to do more than just enough. Listen, church, you don't need a title in this church to do something for God. You don't need for me to tell you you're a pastor to preach the gospel. You know what one of the greatest lies is in in the Christian world? That only pastors preach. That's not true. See, because when you're thinking preach, We're thinking in the body of Christ, platform. But God never told just pastors to preach. Jesus says, you go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, I need a title before I start preaching. Which one do you want? Apostle? Mm -hmm. Prophet? Are Angelus, pastor, teacher? No, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We all have a calling. We all have an anointing. We all have a reason of why we're on this earth. We all have been called to spread the good news of the gospel Amen. on the workplace, in your, in, your, in your sports club, wherever, in your family gatherings. Find opportunities to share the good news of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so what would happen if the body of Christ is the church got the enthusiasm back, amen, and not having to be pushed or enticed to do something for God. I mean, when you go to the stadium, no one has to tell you to clap. Mm. Nobody has to tell you to yell. Yeah. Nobody has to tell you to scream. Some, you know, 130K muscular man grabs a, a football and, and puts it over the try line and nobody tells you it's time to dance now and to jump up and down and to scream and to holler and say, "woo!" nobody. Right. But you're passionate about your club. You're passionate about, about what you're doing. Amen. And there's something that drives you full of enthusiasm. But what about when we come to the house of God? What about when we're living this Christian life on Tuesday and on Thursday? When we're in the middle of it, what about then? Do we raise our hands? Do we, do we clap our hands? Do we say, God, I'm still going to serve you no matter what? That's what God is looking for in these last days. Men and women that are willing to go into hard seasons and they're willing to stick it out and to come out on the other side. Hallelujah. The correction and the encouragement of God. Now, I just want correction. That's why the seeker-sensitive churches, they're, they're full, because the pastor gets up only to encourage. And it's not even encouragement, because encourage is not what you think. It's encourage to make you courageous, to make you strong. It's saying, come on. I encourage you to do that. But everyone today wants to hear just, you're so good. You're so loved. We know we're loved. Your best life now. And we want people to speak to our ego, to our self-esteem. We don't want the correction. So we're raising up a church generation that is very soft. Are we here this morning, Mark? You're thanking God you came to church this morning. Amen? We're raising up a generation and not just in the church, in the world, that's very soft, soft. Teenagers, young young people don't wanna work, but they want the mansion. They want to drive the car, but they don't wanna work. If you're here, church, come on, say amen, amen. If you don't like what I'm saying, say, oh no. Say, oh my, say something, come on. You know I'm saying the truth. The generation today is, I don't want to work for it, but I want it. I want it. I'm entitled. So we come into the church and we say, yeah, God, I'll I'll take that prosperity. I'll take that healing. I'll take the nations. I'll take the city. I'll 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 take the nine gifts of the Spirit. Yeah, I'll take, they shall lay hands on the sick and that's mine. Thank you, Lord. And God says, okay, you want that? Go. And he throws us into the into the first missionary trip and we go, <laughs> can I go back to Jerusalem? Can I just go back to sitting down in the pew on a Sunday morning coming right on time and leaving straight when the service finished? Can I, can I just come back then? Let everyone else do the clean, let everyone else do, they, they can have the Sunday school ready for my little kiddies and, 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 and the coffee's ready for me to drink up. Let everyone else do, I'll just do what I've got to do. Can I go back to Jerusalem? Because my life is hard right now and God's saying, And then later on we say, God, I'm ready. God says, I don't think so. The correction. The correction. But it's not just the correction. There's the encouragement as well. Come here. Come here, brother. Come here, sister. It's okay. Paul did that for your own good, but you're called. God loves you. This is how you do it. You mess up and he picks you up again. The Holy Spirit is the the encourager. The Holy Spirit is one that counsels us. We need a season of encouragement. We need seasons of encouragement. But we also need seasons of correction. Let's read this last verse. I want you to see this. Let's go to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. There, because I want you to see it. i put it up on the screen, I don't know. I'll put it up on the screen because I want you to see this because this whole morning has gone to this verse. Look what it says here 2nd Timothy chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. Apostle Paul writing, the one that corrects, the one that if you read his letters, he says, Stir up the gift, be a soldier, the corrector, the one that corrects. Verse 10 For Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world, and he's departed unto Thessalonica, Crescenes, to Galatia, Titus, unto Dalmatia. Verse 11. Only Luke is with me. Listen to this. Take Mark. John. This is John Mark. Take Mark and bring him with you, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Oh, somebody say amen this morning. Hallelujah later. This was two years later. The Apostle Paul is coming to the end of his life and he's people are forsaking him left, right and center. Demas has forsaken me. People are leaving me. And he says, Useless to useful, he went from being rebuked by Paul to Paul saying, Bring him, bring him, because that man he's very useful to me for the ministry, he's helpful, he's profitable. In two years, this man went from Paul rejecting him to now Paul embracing him. You see, when Paul told him in Acts. 15 I don't want him to come with me Paul knew what he was doing Paul knew what he was doing Paul was Paul was getting him ready for where he was going Paul needed Paul had to correct him Paul had to confront him he had to do that for his own good Paul knew what he was doing you know what I think it probably hurt Paul wow it was a bit hard I was a bit hard on John Mark. I hope he doesn't get offended. I hope it doesn't hurt him. I hope he doesn't go back to the world. Paul probably thought that, but he said, no. Encouragement has taken him. Encouragement has taken him. And encouragement going to build him up and get him ready. And two years later, Paul says, bring him. Because now he's profitable to me for the ministry. His time has come. His time has come. God says in heaven sometimes to us, I don't think so, not yet. But it's not because He's forgotten about us, it's because He's putting us into a season of encouragement and correction. And then maybe two years later, maybe five years later, maybe one year later, maybe six months later, God says, Hey, you're ready, you're ready now is the time you are useful you are profitable amen you are ready to take up this ministry you're ready to take up this family you're ready to take on this marriage you're ready to take on that promotion you're ready to take those finances into your hands you're ready for the, for the ministry that God has called you into you're ready now you're now you're ready hallelujah beloved let God make you let God bring it out of you Thank Him for the correction and thank Him for the encouragement because we need both. Now, for the sake of time, you don't just let any Job blow come and correct you. It has to be a spiritual father. It has to be a spiritual authority. It has to be a someone you trust, your wife, your husband, your father, your mother, your pastor an evangelist that you've allowed. You don't just let anybody come and correct you. A father corrects his son. And you don't just let anybody encourage you. It's someone that God has placed in your life that, if you realize who they were, and they're there for your own good, you would take it on. I'm going to say something to you. You know, people in this people that that have come to this church. I'm just going to open up my heart to be honest with you. Some of them that were in ministry, they couldn't handle the correction. And I'm and I'm not talking about hard stuff. Just just a challenge, a correction about a certain thing that I saw, and you just see from that day forward, offence, offence. Then you see them coming late, and I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. I've been in church a long time. I know. Then they stop sitting a little bit further back. Then they stop coming every second, every second Sunday. Then it's every third Sunday, and then you go, oh no. Six months ago they were on fire. I corrected. Now that. And they were offended and they get offended. And so many today have gone, and maybe in the world, because they couldn't handle a correction, which was for their good. There's one man that I'm thinking of right now in the first two years of this church, and Sammy Escovar will know who he is. He would be today, he would be today the associate pastor of this church if he stayed here. If he stayed here. But he just couldn't. And he was young, he was a young man. Correction could accept encouragement, he didn't understand the journey. Amen. Sometimes a pastor is going to correct you on purpose just to see your reaction. Yeah, a father has to correct his children on purpose just to see how they respond to that correction. Amen. Don't be afraid of correction, beloved. Don't be afraid of encouragement. They're both good, they're both good. And at the end, God's going to say, "Esteban, Nathan, Sister Pamela, rise up, because you are profitable to me for the ministry. Now is the time. Now is the time to rise up, and you. And all of a sudden, all the doors begin to open. All the doors begin to open, and you go into a season of harvest. Amen." May God help us this morning. May we allow the disciplines of God. May we allow the journey. God is making us. God is developing us. God has not forgotten you. God has not put you to the side just because there's delay. Delay does not mean disaster for the child of God. Let's all stand up this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.